it. Okay. So, welcome everybody to the Not a Rabbi podcast. I am Aaron Benedict, Not a Rabbi, and this is the podcast where I will sell you my leaven for a low, low price. Anyhow, uh, welcome once again. Thank you very much to the fine moderators of the fifth column unofficial fifth column podcast discord channel for allowing me to have the uh, voice chat for their uh for this live version of the podcast as always i do appreciate it just a programming note uh two programming notes actually a uh i'm going to do this again as a uh, grip and rip type of podcast where i'll be publishing this on uh tomorrow on monday today is the 21st of march and i will be uh, posting this on the 22nd of march try to keep that every other week release schedule that i have however due to the impending holiday that we have coming up of passover i am going to be missing two sundays so the fall next podcast will be in april i believe it will be april 11th that is what i am uh what i am looking at today april 11th and so let's uh that is with that uh before i forget i did want to mention here uh because i wanted to give a shout out to somebody very important and that is my brother-in-law Rabbi Shalom Garfinkel, who actually does have a podcast as well for his organization, which is called Project 613, and the podcast that he has is called Monday Motivation, where he will give a um, Jewish philosophic approach to something on a to help you on a monday and get you going on uh, get your week started well uh he you know like i said he also has a podcast so we like to stick together and since he's family i figured i'd give the shout out i will post a link to the podcast in the show notes if you are so inclined to to get that anyhow that is that is that let's get into the goodies for this week do not have a lot of goodies for the uh for usual hijinks section here and i don't know why the term hijinks is stuck into my mind but it is that's fine too uh let me go to my show notes folder here uh here we go and um the really major two major pieces here uh one (coughs) sorry have something in my throat here one of them that is really really hilarious and i don't think i can really show anything here uh, for this maybe i'll put some before and afters in the show notes who knows but uh business insider had an article this week where amazon changed their logo and i believe this is on their apps that they have for mobile devices they changed their logo because it looked like people were complaining i should say i i should say people were complaining that it looked like hitler yes this is true um <laughs> i don't know what to make of that exactly uh <laughs> but you know 
I don't make this stuff up, folks. I just report the news. And this is something that is totally incredible that it is um, that they look that the Amazon link looked like Hitler. I can't understand it. Um, I did not see that when I saw the first one, even when I saw the images uh, uh, before and after of what it looked like. I guess if you squint your eyes and look at it, you know, with your head tilted, it might look like Hitler, sort of, but it really doesn't. And again, much to do about completely nothing in my not so humble opinion because if it were humble I wouldn't be giving it to you in the first place but that is that is the first bit of tomfoolery I think that we could have here and um, the second thing I wanted to talk about which was a slightly more serious issue is that a basketball player in the National Basketball Association made some said a slur um, while he was on a Twitch stream and people really uh, took it took offense to that now I will say and also welcome to the individuals who just joined the live the live portion of the show uh, you know who you are and I'm I'm trying not to dox anybody or call anybody out so Thank you very much for your attendance. It is always greatly appreciated. And anyhow, um, so what happened was my this uh, NBA player, Myers Leonard, I don't even think that he is a uh, well-known player. Uh, anybody that follows the NBA may be able to tell me differently, but it doesn't sound like he was a really uh, top-shelf NBA player. Uh, definitely not the, uh, you know, not of the, you know, players such as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson, who uh, I think are still playing today, if I'm not mistaken, because that's that's how we do things, right? Those, those guys are still playing, if I'm not mistaken. And anyhow, uh, he basically said something, uh, and I was trying to find the Sun Sentinel article, which... I cannot find anymore because uh, they have blocked it behind. They don't like me uh, having an ad blocker on my on my uh, on my browser. So therefore, I am not going to be able to read it. But he said on a Twitch stream, he said some sort of anti-Semitic comment, and uh, people were in an uproar about it. Uh, the, if I'm not mistaken the Miami Heat who he was playing for at the time are was is still owned by uh, by a Jewish individual by a Jewish person um, everybody basically disowned him and he <clears throat> I think he was suspended from the team he was subsequently traded from Miami to the Oklahoma City franchise, and I think that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I am not a basketball fan, if you haven't noticed by now. And they uh, they basically said he's not going to even be joining the team, so they just basically they just traded him to so Miami could get rid of him. I guess I don't know. They had a, maybe a special deal of some sort, and such is such is the city such is the situation. Now, 
clearly, I think, in my opinion, this is anti-Semitism. Now, but there is, I think, a differentiation between <clears throat> anti-Semitism that is comes from a specific knowledgeable source, or not knowledgeable source, but a knowledge, a knowledge and an anti-Semitism that comes from something there where you are not knowledgeable about something. He has probably heard these slurs going around, thrown around, um, and used that, and just used it because that's what he knows, and that's what he thought it would be funny. Um, it is as if some individual would go ahead and use the, you know, use other words for other things, and I'm not going to go into that because, quite frankly, I don't feel like getting myself canceled at all. So, as my daughter smirks at me for that, um, but I just, it's, it's, uh, you know, it is something akin to that where it's not coming off as a something that you say. I'll give you a great example of this, and this is a, I'll, I'll give you an example which I probably won't get canceled for, but uh, the late great mayor. Ed Koch had a deputy mayor, I think it was, talking to him one time, <clears throat> and dep the deputy mayor said to him, oh, well, aren't you going to Jew them down? And the mayor, mayor Koch, who was Jewish, said, what did you say? And the guy continued to say, well, aren't you going to Jew them down? He goes, do you know what you're saying exactly and to who you're saying it? And the guy, of course, was saying this out of complete ignorance. He didn't realize how the term came about. And so <clears throat> this is something that is a complete, uh, is an issue. And I think that, oh my goodness gracious, who was that football player? Now I can't remember his name. Um, Okay, see, this is this is why Dash needs to be in the room, if, although I think he is not around today. But um, there was a NFL player who basically told Mr. Leonard, uh, actually a NFL player who is Jewish, told uh, Mr. Leonard, look, let's talk about this. And this is something that he act that this football player actually did with a player from the Philadelphia Eagles who also made some comments which I think were worse. Thank you very much, Logan, Julian Edelman. Yes, exactly, spot on. Um, but, you know, he did this with a football player from the, with the, uh, who was with the Philadelphia Eagles at the time, Deshaun Jackson, I believe it was, and <clears throat> he said, look, let's talk about this. And this is why it's important not to go ahead and cancel somebody for something that they did. A, if it's, if it's out of ignorance, then you have the opportunity and dare I even say the responsibility to go ahead and correct somebody on this and make sure that they're not saying it out of out of spite or out of anger or out of, not out of anger, but out of out of spite and out of malice. That's something that you should be doing. That's what Julian Edelman is doing, and I think it is very, very positive that he did that. He said he said the right. I think, in my opinion, he said the right things with this type of thing, and he should be totally credited for it. And I will now that Logan reminded me who it was. I will go ahead and I will 
uh, hopefully put his response in the show notes because it was very good and I liked it very very much and it's something that uh, why I do this podcast also to correct some of these things and to put it into a night try to try to get understanding going and create that conversation but that was you know it was an unfortunate thing that the man said yes I don't think that it was done uh, like I said I don't think that it was done out of malice it doesn't sound like it was but uh, you know it and that gives the opportunity to correct it and to fix it Now I'll tell you actually now that I'm talking about this I have a, a sort of a personal story about this where I am the member of a discord chat server and that very small group very small we've been together we were on irc together uh we moved to discord together uh no not discord we moved first to um what's that other thing slack i think we moved to slack together then we moved finally to discord uh out because of some some stuff that happened unfortunately in 2016 uh aka the uh the trump election and which and this individual who i considered a friend and he had done some really nice things for me he said something that was extremely insensitive and almost anti-semitic and i called him out on it and he said i said look that's that could be very anti-semitic uh, unfortunately, the story doesn't end well because he just said, oh, what are you talking about? Me and my friends, we always do this all the time and blah, blah, blah. And I just left it at that because at a certain point you realize that some person is not going to just go ahead and learn about this and, and try to understand your point of view on it. Um, you know, but it's, but, and we had a very sadly complicated relationship, uh, part of it because of that. Um, but this is a guy that actually went ahead when I didn't have the budget for it and I wanted to watch some Netflix shows. He gifted me a year of Netflix, actually, which, you know, is a very nice thing. And he was a very nice person for doing it. But he went ahead and, you know, but he also had this other stuff. And unfortunately, from what I hear from people that still keep up with him to some degree, he's uh, experiencing some lots of issues. And it's unfortunate. And, you know, I really hope the individual gets gets his ship righted properly and uh, can see things in a clearer way at some point in time i re i really do it's uh it's sad to see somebody that i considered a friend go down that path um <clears throat> okay so now let's transition any any points any questions that i miss anything that we should also we should also be talking about uh, with regard to with regard to some of these issues that I spoke about, either the Amazon logo looking like Hitler, or the uh, Miles Leonard uh, imbroglio, anything that I should uh, I should go through. Okay, guess not. Um, so that is that is the uh, stuff that I've seen you know in the news that was interesting regarding. Uh, Judaism and so let's move on now to the main topic of the evening which is the topic of Passover and 
yes passover is what we're going to be talking about um passover those other topics <laughs> oh i admit i read that and i didn't get it the first time i apologize ren yes that is awesome and anybody that hears that joke um should be laughing tons at this point because i like that and i'm gonna now have to steal it because that's generally what i what i do okay so moving along to the topic of passover very interesting topic um and let me pull up my outline here that i got and what i wanted to talk about now is obviously let's go into the basics of it the basics are that this is a holiday which the Jews celebrate being freed from slavery in Egypt. We had a, I think to, for all accounts, 210 to 400 year enslavement in Egypt. And God, at when Egypt was at its height of of uh, power of political power they were the they were the super super country super nation on the block and they you know got things done through everybody's typical way of doing things at that time which was having lots of slaves and this obviously is uh something that uh, you know the jewish people were enslaved and they got freed by god uh performing miracles for them the 10 the 10 plagues as you know uh, additionally the the miracles that occurred uh, seven six days later with the crossing of the red sea um, or the sea of reeds actually which was properly known should be properly known as uh, how it got to the red sea is a different issue and <clears throat> there is a lot of archaeology about that which is very fascinating and I'll try to dig up at a little a little point uh, a little point later at that, but um, that is the holiday of Passover. At, you know why it happens. Now, how is it celebrated? Um, it is celebrated in two ways. So three ways technically. Eh, maybe two ways. Okay, we'll get into that. Um, but it is celebrated a by not having any leaven in your house not owning any leaven in your house not having to not being able to see any leaven that you own in your at all and there should be nothing in your possession that basically is the five main types of grains barley wheat spelt oats and rye those those five anything that is made by that if it is uh, put into hot water and it is or not hot water sorry if it's put into water allowed to rise for a certain amount of time it ferments and it becomes leaven and that we cannot have <clears throat> we also celebrate it by um, eating matzah which is unleavened bread it's also known as the bread of affliction or the bread of poverty depending on how you want to do that uh, the reason for that is that this is ha the type of bread that was baked uh, while we were leaving Egypt because we did not have time to let the dough rise and therefore we had this uh, this matzah 
with that, that that sets the stage. Now, as in the modern setting, which we have, we're do, we do a lot to make sure that we do not have any leaven in the house. Uh, we have to basically prepare our, our all of our rooms to make sure that there is no uh, leaven. If let's say if you eat on a uh, you know in their dining room area, you got to make sure that's perfectly clean. Bookshelves, if you put any books on tables while you're you know there's food around, you got to make sure about that and have all of those cleaned. Uh, all of those books, I should say, you should get those cleaned. You should also. Uh, your couch, in your couch, the crevices of your couch, behind your couch, underneath your couch, and then we get to the in you know bedrooms. Generally, there is less cleaning that has to be really done in the bedrooms because the bedrooms don't necessarily have any. You know, you're not usually eating in bed um, unless you're me. But all right, that's a different story. I'm a slob. What can I do? But uh, now to the kitchen, and that's really the hard part of where the cleaning really gets done and that's the nitty-gritty of the cleaning and you have to make sure you have to make sure you do certain things with regard to uh, you, you know let me start with this you still you gotta self clean your oven because that is the best way to get your oven cleaned for Passover and kind of refresh the oven as it were and we I mean we don't re we don't uh, self clean our oven here all that often, uh, probably maybe twice a year, including this time of year around Passover, we do it. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, we're just, it just gets very hot in here, mostly. And then um, we also go ahead and we uh, got to do other things. We do have separate sets of dishes for Passover and for not Passover. Um, very, very time-consuming and uh, labor-consuming a little bit as well it's it can be very uh, it can be very tough what you can do and what you can't do and I'm not gonna I don't want to like I said I try to like to give that 30,000 100,000 foot view of certain practices that go on uh, within in, in with regard to these types of things and I, I don't want to get really too deep into the weeds on that unless there's some specific questions about that. And obviously, if there are, anybody in the live chat or in the live uh, live recording could certainly put it into the chat, and, and I will do my best to answer it. I've got the chat up right now, so uh, definitely fire away if you have any specific questions about it. Uh, we also have a, on the first two nights of Passover, while if you're living in America, or actually living outside of Israel. If you're living inside of Israel, it's only the first night of Passover. But um, <coughs> we have what is called a Passover Seder. Seder, the English word translation best for that is a uh, an order. And basically what a Seder is, it is we go through certain things that we do. And really the center point of this event that happens, the Seder, is to tell the story of Egypt, of us leaving Egypt. And the Seder, at the Seder, we read a, that we read a, uh, there's a, something set up called the Haggadah, the Haggadah, which is, gives us uh, the text that we should be using for this. And it tells us there an interesting, th which I've always found interesting, which is that it is incumbent upon us at the Seder to actually feel as if 
we ourselves are being taken out of Egypt and that God is taking us out of Egypt as well. And so, and to give this uh, thankfulness, be thankful to God for this um, and show the, and have this appreciation and understanding of what we have in our lives now um, being outside of being in slavery because as we all know being in slavery is not something that uh, is a lot of fun i'm you know it's horrible it's not it's, uh, it's there's no other way to put it it is plain and simple it is horrible anyhow um that is another part of the part of the uh, part of passover and so we go, uh, you know, and that has a lot of other rites that are put into it. We have uh, the drinking, the four cups of wine that there is done on this on this day. This there is also the uh, eating matzah. There is eating the bitter herbs, uh, you know. And now, so those are the things that we do in our modern time. Now, there's also a component of it which we do not have yet at this point in time. And this is uh, sort of a, it's a, it's a kind of a political issue at this, uh, I would say, as well. And that is the pa Passover sacrifice, which is generally a sheep or a, a basically a sheep. Um, there, The Bible provides a, uh, you know, the requirements for this animal and it gets sacrificed generally roast it would be roasted and eaten on the first night of passover so that obviously since there is no temple uh we cannot have that ability and you know that is something that uh, is obviously missing for religious jews that we would like to see we'd like to you know and again i'm going to leave a lot of things out um but it would be something that you know having the temple would be very nice to have uh obviously there is a mosque right now where the temple used to be so that in a modern part you know aspect that is a very big problem and we're not going to go ahead and take down that mosque just uh for this uh for this thing for this sacrifice Okay, so now that any questions on that before I want before I go a step uh, a step further. Okay, so while I'm waiting to see if anybody top chats in pops in on the chat, uh, what I'd like to do is, you know, there's always a question where people ask, did this really happen did this really happen and there are a lot of people who will say well the evidence is just the archaeological evidence is just not there we do not have any archaeological evidence found yet to tell us specifically that this that the jews a were enslaved and b that they you know consequently went out very big question very big debate um there is a individual by the name of rabbi dr joshua berman 
who is based in Israel. He lives in Israel, I believe. And he's written a book, and he has written a, has several articles on this as well. One of them from the Wall Street Journal called Searching for the Historical Exodus, which I will be putting into the show notes talking about this. He also has one from Mosaic Magazine saying, was there an exodus and should it even matter? I think he has a follow-up article about, like, should it even matter if we do have an exodus or not? I'm going to leave that part out. But he does bring in his uh, book that he wrote last year, I believe it was, he wrote a book called Ani Ma'amin, which is Hebrew for I believe. And the first half of the book deals a lot with biblical criticism and these sorts of issues and other issues on the in the biblical criticism realm and he goes ahead and explains the other side of this where there can be a side to say go ahead and you know we have this uh, this this does show that there is some proof to it i you know i believe that he talks in his book about the issue of the crossing of the Sea of Reeds, and he shows how there was there's a relief that was done by regarding uh, with regard to Ramses the second, and that's who I believe that most if uh, m- most biblical scholars say would be the Pharaoh of that time when the Jews got sent out were were taken out of Egypt. He goes ahead and he uh, explains how this relief of the of Ramses going ahead and chasing I believe it was the Nubians I'm going to have to double check that into the sea shows that you know it's not something that is impossible or impossible to uh, to use the the uh, words of Ralph Higgins Ralphie Higgins sorry Ralphie Higgins uh, from the Simpsons and so therefore we're going to you know it's there are other things as well but he brings this as a as a uh, as an interesting point similarly he brings it just as off on a tangent he goes ahead and talks about the other issues with regard to um, the building of the tabernacle that God commanded Moses and the children and, and the and the Israelites to build at that after they were sent out of Egypt or taken out of Egypt I should say and that seems to be almost a mirror image set up of how Ramses or Ramses had his uh, his own sort of camp set up when he was on campaigns fascinating stuff very very fascinating I found it very eye-opening and uh, I'm going to be putting show links in the show notes. Um, it's worth it probably to buy it for the first half of the book for this. The second half of the book, he goes ahead and talks about um, he goes ahead and talks about Maimonides and his thirteen principles of faith, and which is a, it's a totally side topic. But um, for the biblical criticism part, if you're into that type of stuff and are a biblical archaeology archaeology geek like I am to a degree then you would really appreciate that <clears throat> my throat I my throat has really gone today hold on I'm, I apologize I'm gonna have some more water here 
Uh, hopefully that'll help. So anyway, that is, you know, that is Passover in a, in a nutshell. Now, um, one of the things I did want to talk about on a philosophical or theological, probably more of a philosophical point, um, is this not eating bread products or leavened, leavened products for eight days. <coughs> Again, that's eight days here outside of Israel. Um, inside of Israel, it would only be for seven days. But, um, you know, and there are some very philosophical points that people make. A, l a lot of Hasidic rabbis, uh, previous Hasidic rabbis, have made certain certain points about how we need to, you know, just like we are purifying ourselves from leaven at this point in time, we need to work and purify ourselves uh, with our service to to God and and other things, not to live in a totally aesthetic lifestyle, but uh, but to just make, you know, to make ourselves realize what we're doing and why we're doing it in a in a different, in a different, uh, you know, not just to eat because we want to, you know, because we need to eat, you know, obviously we all need to eat, but doing things in a, with a heightened experience, a more holy experience, I guess you could say. Uh, again, not an aesthetic point of view, um, which is something that's interesting, and uh, maybe one time we'll talk about it with regard to the, uh, to the Nazarites that there were in biblical times, um, because there's a whole debate between Maimonides and Nachmanides uh, regarding certain things and what is the ideal to have for uh, the ideal to have in your life. So I'll leave that as a as an aside for that because that's going to really, really, really get into the deep into the weeds, which is something I totally do not want to do. Uh, okay. Any any other questions uh, regarding this? Anything that I missed that you feel it would, you would like to know about uh, in the chat or in the in the in the live live chat with regard to Passover, folks? Now is your chance. Ask now or forever. Well, not forever, but ask now. Why not? We're here. Oh, one before while we're waiting for someone to type their message. Um, I did want to make a point here, and this is actually a very interesting point, tying back to the anti-Semitism stuff that we talk about usually at the top of the show, and that is there had been come a belief in Christian circles, in some Christian circles, back in the Middle Ages, I want to make that clear, that blood of Christian children was used for the baking of the matzah. Now, how they got this, I've got no idea. Now that I'm asked, thinking about it, I may have an idea, but I really don't feel like explaining it because it's just right in my head right now, so I'm not sure if that's a good idea. You know, I'm not, it's going to come out well. But this is something that had happened, and they used these to go ahead and have pogroms and attack the Jewish citizens of the town. And this happened multiple, multiple places. This is what is known as a blood libel. And the blood libel is something that 
I think is actually in, in some ways some ways they actually go ahead and um, still happen today for to some to some degree all right so there is a question in the chat uh, asked what do family do's after this do do's what do the families do after the Seder with their free time play board games talk read do they have free time this is an excellent question so the Seder happens at night generally uh, it will start eh, these days maybe around nine o'clock the Seder if you have a large family or a large ish family and the very let's say you have a lot of extended family over or what have you you're going to have a very slow a slower paced Seder and that is going to go ahead and delay this so a lot of times you're not finishing the Seder until 2 a.m. 3 a.m. in the morning and generally there is some sort of contest that happens when everybody asks oh what time did you finish the and when they come into the synagogue the next morning oh what time did you finish the Seder I finished it at three o'clock three o'clock we are just getting started you know and all of this type of thing um, you know it's just one upmanship at that point but uh, you know it is something that happens so with regard to the Seder there is not a lot uh, after the Seder there isn't a lot to be done now what you're you know what is being asked here also jumps leads on leads into another point which is we have two days where we are off the grid completely the Orthodox Jews are completely off the grid no social media no no tech checking your phones no anything like that and that is um, there is a lot of time to talk with your family to go for walks maybe to read to uh, study Torah take naps um, you know play board games a lot of that all of that happens and you know personally the concept of getting off of any form of social media that you're on for you know a day let's say because of Shabbos or the Sabbath and specifically two days is wonderful and it allows you to really re allows you to really refocus and to and to really disc and see what is uh, what is the more important things that are going on in the world because you're not doing any work in terms of your job you're not doing uh, lots of different things uh, that you would be doing during the week you know you're not going to be driving to do shopping you're not going to be doing all of these types of things and so therefore it is a very beautiful time to just relax be calm get stuff done and uh, take take care of you know just reconnect with family and and it's it's a really really nice time so that is a great question thank you very much for the question said individual in the chat We have another question coming in, it looks like. But, um, you know, so back to the blood libels, there were plenty of them in the in the uh, Middle Ages. Um, I think, it, like I said, it has gone through the modern times. There was a... There was a uh, good question. I'll get to that in a second. Um, there were in the Russian... Uh, more modern Russian times, there was the Bayless trial, 
uh, in Russia, which went ahead and uh, which went ahead and basically said, "You, they killed you. The Jews killed a, a Christian child uh, for the blood." Um, there have been more modern ones in Middle Eastern countries, if I'm not mistaken. I have not done a. Uh, I haven't checked on that recently to see, you know, see that. So another question was asked, what if you don't live within walking distance of a synagogue? Are you allowed to drive? So I'm going to be giving the answer from an orthodox standpoint, which is no, you are not allowed to drive. And for the most part, most people will um, live within walking, some walking distance of a synagogue. Um, now, if you are non-religious and you, you know, are going want to come and experience it. There are a lot, you know, you can certainly, I don't want to say you should certainly drive because probably better if you don't, but uh, there are a lot of uh, rabbinic sources, modern rabbinic sources that will say it's okay to allow you to, uh, you know, allow you to drive to, let's say you're the Seder on Passover. Um, but generally it is not something that uh, Orthodox people will do uh, driving to driving on uh, on any holiday or the Sabbath. Uh, there are days, let's say Hanukkah, which you can drive on. It's not a biblical holiday. Likewise with um, with Purim, which we spoke about last episode. That's a rabbinic holiday, and you can drive on that. But days where they are a biblical standpoint. Uh, let's say the for here in America, the first two days of Passover and the last two days of Passover, you cannot drive. The in-between days, you are actually allowed to drive if you need to. Um, so, you know, generally you'll find that most Jews do w live within the walking distance of a synagogue, uh, the synagogue of their, the, you know, the Orthodox synagogue of their choice. That's what I would say. Uh, any other questions uh, that we got? <coughs> okay, does not look like there are any other questions coming up. So, like I said, folks, um, next two weeks I will not be around to do a broadcast. Uh, so I will see you on the 11th of the 11th of April. I will be doing the live recording at that point in time. Uh, because of the Passover holiday falling out this year on Sunday and Monday for the first two days, and then the last two days are going to be Saturday and Sunday, and that Sunday night, the 4th, I'm going to be extremely busy going ahead and uh, cleaning up and uh, undoing all the leaven that we did. Oh, you know what? That actually reminds me. Let me let me talk, get onto that topic, which I led off the show with kind of uh, as a joke which is the selling of the leaven, the leaven, or the selling of the chametz. We, the, in, in Hebrew, the word for leaven is chametz. And so we do actually do sell the chametz to a non-Jew. This is generally done where your rabbi, who you will act as your agent to go, a, to go ahead and sell your chametz, your leaven, and he will put on the, in the contract your address and basically wherever leaven can be found and you actually and I'll I will we will block off cabinets where we have or in parts of our freezer parts of a refrigerator where we have leaven and we will just 
not, not be able to see it. We will not look at that at all. And, um, you know, we would we sell it. And if the person wanted to walk in to buy the leaven from us, then we would go ahead and have to give it to him uh, and it would be cash and carry. Basically, if he had the money for it and he could walk out with it, then he can go ahead and uh, he can go ahead and do so. Generally, it's not done, um, and I'm not sure of them since I am not a rabbi. I don't know the mechanics of how that works. Like uh, I said, I generally just let my rabbi, the rabbi of my synagogue, be the agent for me uh, to go ahead and sell this, uh, sell my leaven. All right. So without any other questions, what we're going to do is I am going to wrap the show up. And I thank everybody for listening once again. This was episode five of season two, Not a Rabbi. And I also, once again, would like to thank my fine friends at the Fifth Column unofficial Discord server of the Fifth Column podcast. Uh, It is a great bunch of people. Uh, Maybe I should throw a uh, link to the Discord into the show notes as well in case anybody would like to join and uh you know thank you very much folks i am not a rabbi i am actually i am aaron benedict and i am not a rabbi and everyone who is going to be have a wonderful pesach passover or pesach as we like to say in in the hebrew vernacular and i will see you in a few weeks